pandemonium reigns. It was a wild one. That was the conference championship weekend. Uh, got some things that we expected. So the Big Ten got some things that we did not expect. Says the big uh, says the Pac-12. Uh, the SEC. The prediction there going into that was extremely difficult. And I'm going to take full credit for nailing that final score, but I'm not going to take credit because I didn't really know what I was saying. So here we are. <laughs> Another episode in the books. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Dan. He's Mike. This is Pandemonium Reigns. We now know what the bowls are looking like, but we're going to spend this episode talking about mainly the SEC championship game and the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, let's begin in the SEC. It was a barn burner. Alabama and Georgia and Atlanta, a 27-24 final. What were you what would you say were the things that we knew going in that happened? Were there any? Like did we were we did we have any expectations going in this and those expectations actually unfold? If if anything along those lines the only thing I could point to is that Brock Bowers still led Georgia in receiving as he does for the year, having yeah. missed time, he still led them. I, you know, watched this game, watched every minute of it. I don't know how he had five for 53. That was the quietest five for 53 that I've ever seen in my life. And I understand, uh, you know, the condition he's been in since really Vanderbilt since Nashville. Uh, if I'm honest, um, now, obviously, effective to get five for 53 as he in the condition he was against Alabama when Alabama is not what we thought preseason in terms of murder ball. We're going to run for 300 on you. Yeah. But that's a good defense. And this is one of the better defenses they've had in a few years. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> I was actually thinking about this days uh, no wait day at the time of this recording it's wednesday this game was played on saturday so sometime monday tuesday my mind did this thing where i thought you know what we should really get out of the podcasting business because you and i both said going into the 22 season this is saban's best team yet they're a monster who's gonna stop them and that's when they were the most beatable in his time um since being the head yeah. coach in tuscaloosa and then going into this year we said uh, they're probably susceptible, right? You know, the coordinator deal didn't unfold uh, the way that he wanted to, and here they are. They're they're <laughs> conference champions yet again. Jalen Milrow defied the odds. The offense defied expectations. Tommy Reese has actually turned out to be say what you want, pretty dang good hire in my opinion. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Uh, here's another thing that I expected. Uh, whether I probably I probably didn't voice this, but you know, if, if I didn't, that's shame on me. Isaiah Bond, uh, he's the dude that Alabama currently has at receiver, leads yeah. them in receiving as well. Also, just five catches, but 79 yards on his five. Uh, just a sophomore, gonna be that dude again next year. Clearly, uh, you know, non pending, uh, not pending any additions that Alabama makes through the portal. Because uh, I certainly wouldn't see him leaving, but anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. That, that was as expected as well, because he's kind of that dude as they have it in 2023's form. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. 
That's fair. I think you you point out his stat line. I think the stat line that jumps off to me the most is the third down efficiency for both teams. Georgia yeah. going four for 12, Bama going three for 13, but both going two for two and fourth down. What's funny is we didn't right. really know how to talk about this game going in. And now that it's happened, I'm, 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 it's almost like I'm still not sure what to say about it. Yeah, it couldn't be more shocked in the way it unfolded in that Georgia forces a punt on Alabama. Relative ease, you know, not really any testing happening on that first drive of Alabama. They walk the ball down the field, mm-hmm. and they score in a bit of style on that 17-yard run. That that looked like Alabama of old on that, yeah. that Kendall Milton run for 17 yards. That looked like Alabama of old, and, and Milton – is an Alabama of old top back. That's what Georgia sure. has transitioned to. They've they're kind of the Alabama of new a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the game just flips, and Alabama what runs seventeen points off. Uh, which tell me the last time Georgia gave up seventeen unanswered to anybody uh, probably would have <laughs> been Alabama at some point, maybe maybe two years ago in this game. Uh, they were off seventeen unanswered just. A fairly relative, you know, somewhat relative ease as well, you know, and and there's going to be complaints about the the fourth and four Isaiah Bond, you know, catch as it was ruled. And there's some angles where I think it wasn't a catch and should have been looked at. And there's other angles where I'm like, yeah, man, he controlled the ball as he slid across the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they run off 17 points and you never have another a, a gap larger than seven. I think from there, it might have been 10 again at one point. Um the fashion, though, I didn't see that unfolding that way just with how we've we've known Georgia, what they've become. Mm-hmm. How do you, what did you make of the officiating at a Saturday night? Fair? Um, not as completely unfair as I've seen it in times. This year? I'm a little uneasy about the – yeah, uh, this year, uh, being a Tennessee fan. Uh, don't love the horse collar call as it was because mm. – that's the most inconsistent. You know, that call is more inconsistent than pass interference and holding. Um, you know, I thought I thought Alabama had one interesting hold called on them. Uh, Might have been the only hold offensively called in the game. Uh, again, I, you know, it's 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 not a great look for me that the Georgia pass to Arian Smith for fifty-one yards or what mm-hmm. have you was looked at, and it was a whole lot cleaner than Isaiah Bond's catch. Not a great look when you look at one and not the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to get, you know, I, I think the rule needs to be if the play is snapped, there is no going back. Alabama obviously was in hurry up mode at the time. They sure. did get the ball snapped. There was no indication that the play was going to be reviewed. And some reports say that it was reviewed in between snaps or what have you. Uh, not, not, there's no possible way that happened on that time frame, just by the way. Um, but not a great look that one was reviewed and one wasn't, especially the one that was so clean that kind of killed momentum for Georgia, even though I do think they scored a touchdown on that drive. Yeah. Um, I'll agree with you on that. So regarding penalties, Georgia was five for 56 in penalty yards and then Bama three for 36. I mean, some of these stat lines, when you, when you look at the thing overall, okay, so let me, let me just do this really quickly. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me, let me do it this way. Let's go. Don't don't look at it. All right. Don't don't look at oh. your don't look at your phone. Okay. And if you go if you're going off memory, don't. All right. So we'll do team okay. A, team B. All right. And I want you to tell me who you think is your winner. 
Total yards, Team A, 321. Team B, 306. Passing, Team A, Team 43, 243. Uh, team B, 192. Rushing yards, Team A, 78. Team B, 114. What do you think? I would, pro- I would have leaned with going in, not knowing. If I didn't know, I would have gone with a team that had the rushing advantage. Okay, so that's going to be that's going to that's going to be Bama there. Uh, some of this stuff is also eerily similar, like their like their time of possession. Um, but as I look at the stat line, I think your now I'm not going to say this is the play of the game or anything, but I think what causes the ultimate swing is Georgia's lost fumble. Agreed. I mean. There's there's shots that I've seen for the reverse that they ran against Georgia Tech, and there's the you can see the angle if you flip it from what you watch live on TV. Alabama did not have the numbers from preventing that from going twenty plus. They and it might have went to the house. To be frank with you, uh, it was Dylan Bell that was coming across. I believe they they didn't have numbers to stop that whatsoever. Yeah, um, and it's it's th- maybe this is the spot. Hear me out on this because this is probably a stretch. Maybe that's the spot where complacency or you've just flat out caught so many breaks along the 29-game path, that's where they ran out because it's not the most extreme play. It's not like they lateraled it back or pitched it, mm-hmm. you know, did a double pass or something like that. It was a simple reverse handoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dylan Bell played running back for Georgia when they were so limited when Dejan Edwards was out. And yeah. you know, he, took, he took running back carries. And they had just hit that play for a big gainer in Atlanta – at Georgia Tech a mm. week prior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- th- it's it's hard to explain how things like that happen with a team that is so sound and handles the fu- handle the handle the fundamentals so well. Sure, it's it's shocking, but I'm with you. That that is the difference in the game. Um, because I'm not willing to say that. You know, I, here's here's an unfortunate complaint that I've seen is that the the Isaiah Bond catch was not a catch. That it changed the game. That is the three point difference in the game, or whatever four point. I think they sort of touched down on that, so it's a four point difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. I'm not willing to go that far. I'm sorry. Uh, I do think he controlled it well enough. And what I've seen, it's it's so up for debate. Any given season, game in, game out. I think he did his part. You talking about Bond? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's fair. You're gonna have to do something to regulate regulate these things um i've I've considered even putting some kind of review clock in play you know you've got a play clock we need it you you need something to for one just to preserve the the speed of the game um and i mean let's say it's two minutes three minutes whatever you set it at if you can't make a decision you just you just go with the ruling on the field uh that's neither here nor there yeah i do think that game was was or that play was obviously impactful but <laughs> what are you going to do? Are we going to sit here and pretend that, that that never happens? Because it happens. And I would say this. What is a catch? The NFL doesn't know. So what what is a catch? Uh, I do think that was a little yeah. clearer. Uh, it's not as, as gray, but, I mean, tough break, I reckon. I want to talk for a second, yeah. Carson Beck. This dude continues to impress. Okay. Continues to impress. He's he's already already announced his his return to Georgia. Twenty nine for tw- oh, gosh, I can't talk. Twenty one for twenty nine, two forty three. No scores, no picks. I, I just find this guy extremely impressive. 
he continues to climb to climb, you know, my NFL draft boards, and I don't have one, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, the more I watch this kid play, the more I say, this guy's going to be NFL, and he's going to be NFL for a long time. Couldn't agree more. Uh, he's got the body that you want, the height. Uh, he, you know, it's it's super annoying because how many, you know, for the entire Stetson Bennett era, pretty much the whole Kirby Smart era, all we've heard is, well, they think this about me. I'm going to prove them wrong. I don't, I, I don't look at you and think you're a statue. So I hate every game when he makes a, a four-yard scramble that's not a statue. I hate that. But yeah. he's not a statue. He's, he's mobile enough to pick you up several first downs in a game. He's not going to be running, you know, option plays, that, but that's not what Georgia does at the same time. Right. Uh, yeah, dude, he's NFL ready. His accuracy is really freaky good. Uh, it, it's his decision-making sometimes that leads him to turnover-worthy plays. And, and when he has thrown picks, it's it's where he – the spot that he wanted to go to. Yeah. But, like, this is what I don't here's, – here's an issue that I have with Georgia in that game. And when and we've heard and we've seen how McConkey looked. We know what condition Bowers was in. But Mark Rosemary Jackson, okay, three catches, 30 yards. There's one he makes when he's coming across the middle that is on it's it's on a it's unleashed from a cannon. Oh yeah, yeah. on a dang freaky accurate yes. in a window. Yeah. Why didn't they do more of that? You have mm. Arian Smith. We we've heard, I think, two years in a row, he's one of the fastest players on the team. One catch, fifty one yards. You're not going to get him anything. You're not going to send him on a drag or you know post or slant yeah. screen anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. And again, I know you're injured, and I know the, that your guys ultimately are McConkey Bowers. I would I would say probably Rosemary Jackson next, but I have an issue with usage. I mean, you threw the ball 29 times, and <laughs> the next person behind Bowers in terms of uh, number of catches was McConkey and and Jackson with three apiece. I just don't get that. Listen, I'm, if I'm Georgia and I'm coming out of halftime, I'm going, listen, lad, you might not see the field for the rest of the game. He just couldn't get off. He couldn't get off the line of scrimmage, couldn't get a release. Uh, he, he's probably not playing the second half for me. Not that he's not good. That's no. not what I'm saying. Uh, Bama just wasn't going to have it. Uh, and you could argue yeah. some some uh, DPI, whatnot. I'm going to say that he just got out physical, truth be told. Um, you talked a lot about – obviously outside of recording this about the offensive play calling. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what I'm largely getting at is. Yeah. I could hear it. The in your tops of pass plays. Yeah. yeah. The tops of pass plays. I mean, think about this. Okay. I think it was the, the, well, yeah, I'm positive. It was Georgia's first drive when they, I mean, they just, they, they couldn't have scored easier unless they scored in one play. Uh, I think they're, you know, they're in their first set of downs. They have Bowers just in the flat to the right, 23-yard gain. Okay, he got 30 more yards on four more catches. They, I can think of like one, maybe two, where they try to hit him up the seam. The problem is he's not really been guarded up the seam by guys like Caleb Downs all that often. But sure. you, you're telling me that in what you were able to get out of him health-wise – you're not going to try a corner route or, I mean, again, the quick stuff that Alabama did take away when you threw it horizontally, mm -hmm. but you're not going to do anything else to get this guy the ball in what could be, I mean, could be his last collegiate game. I don't think he's going to opt out if he can walk. Um, it, it's those types of things. You know, even when McConkey literally couldn't walk back to the huddle, you hit him up the seam 
for I don't remember how many yards his longest catch was 15. 15. I'm going to say that was that play mm-hmm. where they get you, where he gets you to the goal line. Yeah. Up the seam, lots of contact. And I think he got basically held out of the end zone and then kind of thrown down. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you, you can't do anything else with, with what he has left to give you or replace him by again, your other fast Arian Smith or anybody else. Uh, you know, who's the healthy one? Is it the healthy one is love it. You had Ra Ra Thomas, who I think was not dressed or, or healthy and able to go. You brought Dominic Lovett, who I'm pretty sure led Missouri in, in receiving last year, all the way down to Athens to go two for 23 in this game. You can't do anything else with him. I just don't get that. Uh, I'm astonished by the way that Georgia was, I'm sorry, Alabama was able to, and, and it was predictable. I'll, I'll say this, but the third and shorts, you know, they pick up. Five or six on first down. You should you should get a lot of uh, of com- conversions if you get five or six on first down. Sure, and your playbook and is, it'd be second. The, the entire playbook is available at that point. The you, and you have second and third and less than five or six. And I can't. I mean, they went four for twelve on third downs. Mm-hmm. That's, you hit third down. It was just a not curse. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I you know, I'm astonished that Alabama was was able to be so physical and so successful with them on that. And I think it largely boils down to predictability at that point and and really maybe some back decision making but i would say largely play calls in the routes that we're in mm-hmm. fair enough that's that's you, it for me i mean oh i think you nailed it i mean just just attack the center field and you, you yeah do it. i mean you, you took a shot at lad's uh top speed there which i don't think he's all that slow but you obviously have other dudes who can who can who can get up the seam who can find uh, the middle of the field in a, in a cover two quicker than maybe he can, uh, whatever. You, and, and there was and a little attempt to do his, so. Their usage. Yeah, yeah. How, how they used him. Yeah, I think he's plenty fast. I think he's got the best feet in maybe all of college football. But how you used him, I have I have a bit of an issue with and I'm really confused by. His, his agility attribute is definitely in the 90s for sure. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. But then you go to the other side, right? And I go, man. Tommy Reese, okay. I see you, dude. Jalen Milrow, 13 for 23. Buck 92, two scores. One came out of the backfield to Jam Miller. Uh, and then you got him running 14 for 29. Now those 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 yards are not great, but you see the attempts there. And you see in the stat line the game plan. You were going to put this on Jalen Milrow. Let him yeah. carry you, Let uh, him, and, and he was—he's good enough to do it, which is crazy to me. And, and it's gonna, you know, I'm beating a dead horse here, but the fourth and four play call, just getting Bond coming across the middle, yes, brilliant. The yes. separation was there. He just flicks the wrist. He puts it out there for his guy. Uh, could have been a little bit cleaner, sure. What sure. a play call! Uh, sure. I, you know, look, that's that situation went. Alabama lines up to go for it. They took a timeout to prevent a, uh, a delay of game. They ran a lot of time off the clock. They prevented Georgia from being able to do much before half. Uh, and, and maybe Georgia took a time in there as well. It was a long, drawn-out process, and yeah. they lined up two or three times, and they still went for it. And that was the best call, I think, of the game to me. Yeah. Maybe except for uh, the design that they went with to to really ice the game there when they got no road running off to sure. the left side. Sure, Brilliant. Uh, he, had, he had a long run of 30. And he totaled twenty nine for the game. Alabama, um, Georgia sacked him, I think, four times. Which mm-hmm. still, even giving up four sacks, what an improvement! What a freakish mm-hmm. improvement from this offensive line. 
and their 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 entire offensive unit. Um, that dude might play himself in New York City next year. Is, is I think the the trajectory that he's on. I'm not, not saying he's there now, but I'm saying they're yes. But the trajectory that he's on, this offensive line should continue to get better. I think, which is scary. Um, but I mean, he, he's he's taken such a sharp arc and rise upward that I you know it's hard for me to envision him not. If anybody is telling us that Milrow is playing this well at this time of the year, if you're telling us that in the preseason, I'm probably laughing at you. Probably, yes. At you. you tell me this exiting, exiting the Texas loss. They they made him third string, which was a little bit extreme, and I think maybe Saban, you know, catering. I don't know. To, I don't remember who to at that time by doing that, but yeah, you, you're, you're, I mean, you're, call it extreme. I'm, I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's, it's sure. I think that's just going to be perspective, but called extreme. I, what I think is it's strategic. When Saban goes, yeah. I know that this is this is the guy, but he needs to see that he's the guy. Put him on the bench and let him figure it out. Uh, so, listen, I, I've become a, for lack of better words, a fan of Jalen Milrow. I like this guy. And I'm going to compare him this way. Carson Beck is a better quarterback. Jalen Milrow is a better football player. Who can play quarterback? He's Absolutely. he's he's got some now the style is different, but he's got some, you know, what we what we would say about Dobbs, not a great quarterback, but a great football player who can do the quarterback thing. That's what I would say about Jalen Miller up, up to this point. Um with a with a much better top uh top end speed than than Dobbs, of course. Man, yeah. As much as I hate it hate and it pains me to say this, props to Alabama for Starting this thing off the way that they did for everybody perceiving he did not get the coordinators that he wanted. You know, there's people, especially in mainstream media, right? Saban's done. It's over. <laughs> and all you do is just piss him off. And he goes and wins a title again, finds himself in the playoff again. So I'm just going to stop predicting who I think Alabama is. I'm just going to stop because I, I get it wrong, especially as you – and you've, you've mentioned this a thousand times. As you watch the progression of them throughout the season, if you're looking at me and saying, listen, at the end of the season, Milrow is going to be one of your better deep balls in the country. I'm laughing at you. He's one of the better deep balls yeah. in the country. He's one of the better athletes. Uh, he is now a quarterback of one of the four playoff teams, which is – Arguable, but here we we'll are. Get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there in another episode. But um, props to props to Bama for and Saban for finding a way to get it done and, and proving that you know what the um, the throne has not shifted. He's he is the college football throne. Let's let's not get too spiritual here. Uh, that he is still you know <laughs> uh, where the buck stops. Um, Great run on on behalf of Georgia. Twenty nine games. I don't care if you're playing at an FCS level. That's extremely hard to do. You need you need things to fall your way. Uh, but I would say this regarding Georgia: the one team you played this year, you lost, and that's why you're not in the playoff. That's as simple as I, I know to say it. And 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 I've said that to multiple people, and they said, "Well, they played Tennessee at Tennessee. Okay, well, we're not good. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Not good." Um, not discussing Georgia. The, you, they make your point when they say that because eight and four Tennessee, uh, that would be Georgia's second toughest record wise 
opponent in the regular season. Yeah. That yeah. that you, they made the point for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to end this segment by tipping my cap to Nick Saban. And hopefully by doing so, he will retire soon. Bama wins another SEC title. And I called it 27-24. We're going to take this moment to say thank you to one of our sponsors, our friends over at Live Oaks Landscapes. Commercial and residential lawn maintenance, rental lawn maintenance, weed control and prevention, mosquito and gnat spraying, uh, landscape design installation, patio installation, fire pits, paver and flagstone patios, fireplaces, retaining walls, leaf removal, irrigation installation, commercial builds. The guy does it all. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time. He's a good friend of, friend of mine through the gym, Paul Pruitt. If you're looking to make over your backyard, uh, get some, uh, get a new facelift for your place of business, make sure you call Paul Pruitt over at Live Oaks Landscapes, 678 678- 591-9802. Again, that's 678-591-9802. And tell Paul the boys at Pandemonium Rain sent you. All right, going into the weekend, this was by far the one that I was looking to the most. Oregon and Washington, round two. Washington gets 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 the win, 34 to 31. And I want to begin this conversation by I don't know what. Okay, let me let me start over. Bo Nix gets announced as a Heisman finalist, and you have this uproar of people. He's terrible. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Why are you still looking at him like he has an Auburn logo on the side of his head? the The guy is the kid is unreal, and the way that he handled this loss, which is a thing that the Heisman committee or the Heisman voters are supposed to consider, being a stand up young man. I forget how they. Uh, how they word that, but you got Caleb Williams, Williams who's writing F Utah on his fingernails. Anyway, Bo Nix handles this loss with such grace. He goes 21 for 34, 239, three touchdowns and a pick. He's also your leading rusher, which is part of their problem. Uh, six carries, six yeah. for 69 yards. And Washington figured out early ways to neutralize him and neutralize that offense. And then they just, I mean, they get up and then they just find a way to you know, to, to figure it out. So um, at this point, man, I, I really, really like Bo Nix. I say that at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I really like him. <laughs> this, this is what sucks for me is I, you know, you basically, I came around on him in the last, uh, the last episode, you know, I was basically sure. over all of my hangups, all the things, all the Auburn kind of related things. I was over all of that. I was ready to forgive and forget. And it ain't his fault. It ain't exclusively his fault that they lose this game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he belongs in New York City. Uh, I think it would be a travesty if anyone other than Jaden Daniels wins it. That's my take. Um, also, a quick note on that. I told you preseason when we were talking about things that they were going to overcorrect so hard from last year's Bolitnikoff that they were going to hand the award to Marvin Harrison Jr., which I don't think they will, but prove to me how he belongs in New York City, and then we'll talk. Uh, back to this game, you know, you've got Bucky here. Here's this jumps off the, the screen at me, Bucky Irving. And you just mentioned it. Bo Nix leading them and rushing them. That is their problem. Yeah. Bucky Irving ran for a thousand plus this season. Uh, you know, I'm not the, I'm not sitting here saying that the PAC 12 is the, the best conference in the land. I'm not saying anything like that, but there were some good teams this year. There were a lot of very improved teams this year in the PAC 12. 
And this your thousand yard rusher, your kind of you know, your where you bred your butter in the run game goes nine for twenty. Two point two per carry. Long run of six. You know, that's 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 kind of domination as, as much as you can be dominated and and only lose by three points and still score thirty, uh, is what that is. Nick's not bad on the whole. The pick wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was it was a, the one of the wildest plays I've ever seen. But um, but yeah, he's again he's not the exclusive reason that they lost. I just hate that I came around on him and he treated me with a loss. Seems like that's what's happened before. <laughs> one more thing on on on, on Bo and, and then I'll move on. I'm gonna give you two stat lines. All right. Okay. One is Phoenix, one is Knicks. And this is for you. This is for the listeners. Tell me if you can spot the difference. Tell me if you can tell me who's who. One quarterback, 4,200 yards, 33 scores, and nine picks. Another quarterback, 4,100 yards, 40 scores, and three picks. If you can't spot the difference, let me go ahead and tell you Bo Nix is the latter, 4,100 yards. 40 scores and three picks to Phoenixes, who a lot of people are raving about, as they rightly should, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, nine picks. Arguably, overall, a better stat line, a little bit less on the yardage, but more scores, uh, six less picks. Give me that. Give me that. But I think this did come down to the running game, and what the stat line is not going to show you is how physical – and um, how 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 Washington did so well of meeting Oregon at the point of attack in the backfield. Uh, they were all over this. They were getting off blocks. They were tackling in the open field. Something that I've I've repeated over and over and over again. What good teams do. Washington, man, and and I'll, and I'll say this: we're gonna we're gonna touch touch a little bit on this when we get to our college football playoff reaction or whatever we're going to call that. Washington top to bottom, or excuse me, Pac-12 top to bottom, I think is your best conference. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. Considering the bottom. Well, Georgia, Bama. Okay, also Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Well, what about Oregon State? Well, they're good. What about Washington State? Well, they're good. Cal, mm, well, they took USC to the wire. Okay, so... Top to bottom, your best conference, and Washington just runs through this thing, man. Now they they hit some bumps in the road. They were only get a de- uh, only able to get a defensive score against Arizona State and, and and stuff like that. But I really really like Washington going into this playoff just simply due to the fact the way that they handled Oregon in this in this round two matchup. Yeah, uh, I've been of the opinion for three weeks to a month that. That I mean, look, I, I thought Oregon would cover that nine and a half, ten and a half, whatever it was, and I probably can look right here. Uh, nine and a half is what it shows entering the game. I thought they would cover that. The way that they've been playing, the way that they've not cared who they're playing, they've not taken any games off or had any close games like Washington has. And something that's going to be burned in my memory, at least until you know I watch the next series of big games, probably the playoff games and and – Tennessee's bowl game that I'll be deeply invested in. What I won't be able to get out of my mind is Washington just bullying Oregon. When it came down to it, when it was time to end this game, they put a drive together. They killed clock. They did it on the ground as they needed to. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's, it's bonkers to me how a team can look so bad. And 
rise to the occasion against an opponent the way that Oregon had been playing. Yeah. Um, that, that's wild to me, you know. And the start of this game, I remember saying to you, I think, and I know to others, uh, did Lenning actually take another job and, you know, just say those <laughs> nice things to make it, yeah. to make yeah. it sound good in the moment because of the way they started the game? Yeah. Credit to, to Oregon for the fight that they showed, you know, almost fighting back to the win. But uh, I, I'm going to be so impressed until, again, something else catches my eye with how Washington sure. put that game away physically when they had to have it running the ball, winning the rushing battle, which I think favors Oregon massively probably on the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be wildly impressed by that. And, look, they've got a heck of a coach. They've got a heck of a tandem, at least, in Phoenix and Adunze. I think they actually are potent in this playoff, the way that it sets up right now. I mean, you only and mentioned Adunze. you got take, McMillan and Polk as well. Do yeah, I and I can't say many years at all. I can't say many, there's been many years at all where a set of Pac-12 teams is potentially potent in a playoff. Yes. And think about this. Think about how good – I mean, you're alluding to this, how how good Michael Penix has been and and the zip he can put on it and his ability to to hit the deep ball, to to dissect things well. You start to look in the rushing game, which is what you, what you pointed out. Your – I about said leading rusher, but your rusher, period – Dylan Johnson, Mississippi State transfer, 28 carries, 152 yards, and two scores. Your next, how do I word this, stat lines after him, Will Nixon, one attempt. Uh, Jeremy Bernard, one attempt. Richard Newton, one attempt. Michael Penix has four, but that's probably him scrambling and getting out whatnot. So your pass game, Penix, everything revolves around him. Ball on the ground, Dylan Johnson says, hold my beer. Watch this. 28 carries, 152 yards, seals the game for these guys. I'm not saying he won it, but yep. he, as you pointed out. He dang sure put it away. Put it away, man. Put it away. And uh, I'll say this one last thing before we before we end this segment here. Is he not the guy who bashed Leach before he left Mississippi State? Is he not the one? I'm – Whoa. Dude, I hadn't even – you texted me that and I forgot about it. Dude, I totally forgot all about that. But but he probably is, right? I mean, think about the timing. I'm pretty sure. There's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty I, sure. I think you're correct on that. Yeah, I mean, that's just crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah. Well, props to Washington, man. I think, I think that's a really good playoff team. It is my hope that they'll at least make it to the natty and 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 do well. Uh hold uh Give some respect to the last of the Pac-12 names. So, nonetheless, Washington wins round two, beating Oregon 31-34. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode. Appreciate you guys so much for hanging out and tuning in with us for hitting like and subscribe and, and all that stuff. And I just want to say, maybe this is your first time tuning in to the podcast. Thank you, but I was also say, you didn't choose a good one. <laughs> It's just a good one. Talking about Georgia and Bama, even after the game is over, still just not sure what to what to say about it, other than it was a classic. A classic, a 27-24 classic. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for liking, for subscribe, subscribing. Thank you for those who've commented on, on Facebook and whatnot. Or Facebook. It's for old people. Uh, those who've commented on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, appreciate that. Continue that. Um, would love to know your thoughts and comments. <clears throat> so continue to do so. Um, 
So with that said, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless. Go Vols.